Welcome to Mission Connect, a podcast brought to you by Passion to Reach Ministries, designed to equip you to connect with God's mission for your life. I'm Emily James, your host, and here with co-host, Passion to Reach's founder and director, Fanu Ipe. Hi, Pastor Fanu, how are you? Hey, Emily, I am doing excellent and excited for another week. Uh, of our Mission Connect podcast. Yes, to all our listeners out there, this is a reminder that the purpose of this podcast is to help you connect with God's mission for your life and to help others connect with theirs. You know, Emily, one of the things that I love about our podcast that we do, and I say this every week, is really how authentic the stories are. Uh, you know, we really try not to be too scripted on the on the program here because we really want to hear the lives of people, ordinary Christians that are doing extraordinary things for God and how they sort of stumble into that. You know, and I think uh, today's guest and his story uh, is going to really resonate with this, that uh, very often we don't really map out every detail of the God's mission for our life. We sort of follow the breadcrumbs. We sort of follow the next step. We're passionate. Uh, we don't expect a lot. We just want to do our best today. And in doing that, God sort of uh, slowly unravels his purpose, his plan, his mission. And a lot of times it's really in hindsight that you realize, oh my goodness, I'm actually in the mission of God. I'm actually fulfilling what God's called me to do. And uh, I think that's part of the, uh, ex- the, the oh, that's part of the exciting, uh, you know, p- what makes the the, uh, the journey with God exciting and that more of an adventure uh, than there's something that's very uh, scripted. You know, and we've had people come from so many different uh, backgrounds or perspectives, but there are those uh, areas that are just, you know, similar with everyone, where those moments of salvation, the time when we came to know the Lord, and then that moment where we get connected with God's mission for life, and then the impact that people had on us and we now have on other people. And also the, the, the reality that everybody we have on is so different, background, ethnicity, uh, you know, a stage of life, etc. And I think why that's important is that we know that God speaks all languages. Yeah. God deals with all kinds of people. He's not a respecter of person. So, you know, if you're listening to us right now and you're tracking with our podcast every week, I want you to know this. God knows how to find you. He knows how to speak to you. He knows how to get to you. All you need to do is be available and say, God, I'm open. So when you speak to me, I'm going to take that step of faith and obedience in following you. Mm-hmm. And our guest today, he is someone who has lived that out. And he's come from, uh, uh, he came from a different religious background. He had, you know, a rough life growing up. And now he's mo- moving on to being an assistant pastor here in the GTA. And we're going to hear about his story and how God did that in his life and how he took those steps of obedience to following God. So let's bring him on. Welcome to the show, Pastor Sedanth. Hey, thank you so much. Nice to be here. It is so good to have you on the program. So for those of you who may not know this, uh, Pastor Sage actually was on staff with our ministry for about a year. Uh, Before Emily, he decided, you know what, he had to move on to higher and greater things. So, uh, you know, we're here left back. I'm glad you took our invitation to come back for a podcast, actually. That's an honor. (laughs) So Sage and I go way back. uh, way before we were married, way before uh, the kids were in the picture, way before all of that, uh, you know, we uh, we connected at a church in Scarborough. I think it was 2005 or six, somewhere there, 2005 or so. So it's about 12, uh, 
uh, 12 years or so now. That's a long time, uh, Sage. And so, uh, you know, I've been tracking his journey, walking with him, and uh, uh, we were in the same city for a few years. And so, uh, you know, lots of... Uh, Lots of uh, shared experiences uh, that we've uh, that we've walked through, uh, but but Sage, really, uh, you know, your story is incredible. You know, because you've come from uh, an experience that is so radically different from your average Christian person born in a Christian home. So why don't we start talking from that point of your life? Give us a little bit about your background and where you came from and how you came to faith in Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. So those of you who don't know, Sage is an evangelist. So if you want to get saved when you listen to this part of the podcast, <laughs> email us at info at passiontreach.com. We'll tell you how to, but no, Sage, go on, please. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, most people, I mean, a lot of us, we come to a point in our lives where we uh, we come into contact with God. And uh, my journey uh, was from a Hindu background, okay? Uh, grew up basically here right in Toronto, right? So, you know, if you can think of the worst areas in the city, I, you know, I, I most likely lived there. Um, but uh, my story is this, that... Um, you know, throughout our lives, uh, being a Hindu, you know, not knowing Christ, not knowing uh, the salvation message of God. You know, we we knew of Christ. We knew, hey, you know, Jesus is a God. You know, and and so being a Hindu, we just knew that Jesus is one of the many gods that exist in in our eyes, at least, right? And so, um, you know, as a Hindu, we we believed in all sorts of gods, and we saw, you know, we. Jesus was a God and, you know, Mary and, you know, you, you name it. We didn't differentiate because we thought all gods were one. And so um, as life went on, uh, my, my parents, uh, you know, went through a hard time in their marriage and they divorced. And that was when I was 16 years old. And uh, at that point, uh, I mean, I had a, I have an older brother and a younger sister. So my mom is a, is a single mother now and uh, looking after three kids uh, in, you know, in Malvern, if you if you know that area. Um, so she being scared of where our future is going to go, because, you know, now because I had so much freedom uh, from, you know, where we were growing up or what we grew up in, uh, you know, I went into all sorts of uh things that are not really good for a young person to go into, whether it be violence or into drugs or things like that, where, you know, we, we turn to uh, people, we turn to things that will comfort us or things that, you know, seems quote unquote cool to be in, especially, you know, growing up in, in Toronto in a city where it's so diverse, uh, we wanted to be, you know, we wanted to fit in, we wanted to be somebody, you know, and that's, that's, the reality of every young man or young woman is that we want to have that uh, that purpose or that that connection with people to be able to fit into society and as you grow up especially you know 16 17 you want to you're becoming that man you know you you want to be able to have a place in society and so we turn to things that we knew at that time and that was whether it be violence or drugs or you know the wrong crowd uh, you kind of go into those things you know automatically because that's you know your surrounding right and so my mom's being scared of you know where um where the future of her kids are going to go, she she turned to what she knew, uh, uh, the gods that she served faithfully, you know, went to temples every Tuesday, every Friday, did all sorts of sacrifices and all of that, uh, lots of money and all. Uh, but... There Lots was, of money that you had to give. Yeah, to okay. give that we, you know we gave because you know we we were we were uh, we were pious about God, but we just didn't know who God was, and so we turned to what we knew, right? Um, and so my mom, 
uh, called an astrologer. Uh, this was in 2002, okay? Um, she called an astrologer to find out what uh, the future of her kids are going to be. And uh, and so we because we believed in those things at the time, we, we had gone to it. Uh, or she had called this particular uh, phone number of an astrologer in the city of Toronto. And um, and this is how God intervenes in, in our story, that God knew our number. God knew uh, our resident, you know. And so she called this phone number, uh, and the phone number of the, the astrologer had changed and went to a Christian believer. Um, and not just not just a Christian believer, okay? It was uh, uh, a born-again Tamil-speaking, right? That's our native tongue. And so uh, in order for that phone number to go to that particular person, I mean, if you know the odds of how many millions there are in that, uh, in, that, uh, in the city, there's, there's just too much. And so um, for that number to go there, and not just that, so listen, that person uh, that answered the call, uh, not just hung up because usually when someone calls us what do we usually say we say hey sorry wrong number right Right? and you know we do that even today like if someone calls you you know you don't ask for what you know why or who you are it's just they ask for somebody else sorry wrong number click and you put the phone down um but my mom when she called this person she that lady decided to engage her in a conversation uh, and because my mom was seeking astrology, seeking a future, seeking guidance, that lady decided to say, hey, hold on a second, right? Why are you looking for this? And shared the gospel with my mom. And in order for a Christian today to be able to share the gospel, it, it, it's, it's rare because we, we're not used to you know, sharing uh, who Christ is or the, the message of the gospel uh, because we are like either intimidated or, you know, we, th- we disqualify ourselves of being, from being able to share it because we're maybe scared to do so. And so anyhow, this lady shared the gospel with my mom and then took it one step further. Um, she invited my mom to church. Right. And um, so my mom, you know, because, see, listen, as a Hindu, uh, we, we believe in all God. So it wasn't, uh, you know, she didn't reject it. Right. Uh, she said, OK, sure. She, she decided to go to church and um, and not just go to church. She just she was just visiting. Right. And that was the biggest step for my mom. Um, and I remember even dropping my mom at the church and stuff like that because we just didn't we didn't care. We was just like, you know, she's just going to church. We didn't have any other motives or anything else. And so July of that year, 2002, there was an evangelist that came um, and my mom was invited by the same lady. Um, so there was like a, a meeting for a week, you know, in the evenings. And uh, so my mom had been invited to go. And so my mom didn't want to go on her own. And so my mom invited me, my brother, my sister to come along with her. And so we had gone. And um, within that week, um, all of us got saved. All of us gave our lives to Christ. And, um, you know, and my personal journey in that, I mean, I was going through a lot of other things along that path uh, at the same time. And uh, the second meeting, I just felt like I didn't have to go to the second meeting. I mean, there was, you know, every day there was meetings, right? I mean, so we went for the first one. And then I felt like 
the spirit of God was just drawing me to go back. I mean, I've never been to church before. Uh, you know, I've never been through worship time or I've never been through any of that. This is my first or that the second day would be the second time I've ever stepped into church my entire life. I mean, I've been in the country for at that time, what, over 10 years. And this was the first time uh, we ever stepped into church and probably the first time that we were ever invited to uh, uh, to go to church, right? And so this the second day I went, and you know the man of God as he was preaching, I just the spirit of God just touched my heart, and and from the very beginning to the very end, I couldn't stop crying because of the word of God that was coming and that was penetrating my heart. And that day, you know, July eighth of two thousand two, I gave my life to Christ as a seventeen year old young man yeah. right here in Toronto. So that's that's the beginning of where. Wow. God transformed our lives. So obviously today, um, Pastor Sage, you are an associate pastor or assistant pastor at a church in Toronto. You're doing great things for God. And a lot of people will hear your story and hear your salvation story. So someone who up until uh, what you were 17 years old never even walked into a church, never experienced anything. Right. How in just a few years, you know, you're just in your early 30s now. So how in a few years are you able to accomplish all of this, right? So mm-hmm. how did that pursuit of God's mission for your life start? Where did it begin? Did you, you know, was it like I went to church, I did nothing for about 10 years, and then I slowly tried to do something? Or, or how did that journey from salvation to, okay, now that I'm saved, God has a mission, and mm. I want to do something for God. Right. How, how soon did that happen? Well, I mean, it, it happened fairly quickly for me uh, because I knew what I came out of. I knew what God had saved me from. I knew what purpose I felt when God came into my life. And, you know, as the Bible says, you know, in the, in the early church, they couldn't help but share what the Lord had done. Right. And so, you know, right after I got saved, uh, that was the summer of 2002. In September, you know, you go, you're going back to school, you're in university. Um, I just ended up wanting to share what God had done in my personal testimony of what Christ did in my life this past summer, because this was transformational. This was completely different from my last 17 years of my life. And I'm like, you know what? This is what I need to do. And it was a natural response to, what Christ did for me. And and so I just, you know, I, I didn't know everything. You know, I didn't I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I didn't know, uh, you know, I had a calling. I didn't know any of that. Just But I just knew the love of God that was so filled in my heart that I, I couldn't keep it in. I had to, it had to come out. And so that came out in ways uh, that led me to, to the work of the ministry. And so, you know, in the beginning, um, the years after I got saved, you know, we were in university and uh, I just had this burden to share the gospel, to share what God did in my life because he saved me out of it. And I know there's others out there that are walking through similar situations where we, where they, they don't know the gospel, they don't know Christ, they don't know the, the purpose and hope that he could give. And so in university, I, I just started sharing. And out of that birthed this ministry called Faith in Action uh, that I started doing in the campus where we we saw so many come to Christ uh, because of the the message of Christ and His salvation um, in in their lives. And so as I shared in, and we you know we created uh, meetings and we had worship and all that stuff came along the path. but it wasn't any of that. it see, it's the passion that drives you. Mm. 
It's not about um, you know what you could do for God or the gifts that you have for God or the the talents that you have that could you know be utilized today in order to do something. Listen, I couldn't sing, I couldn't keep a beat, I couldn't do anything, but I just knew I had a passion. I knew that that God had a purpose for me, wow. and because of that drive. That's how I stepped in. As you said, you know, following those breadcrumbs. You don't know everything, and that's okay. That's okay because you don't have to know everything. But if you're willing to put your hand to the plow and do what you could do now with what you have now, God will open those doors as you pursue Him. You know, I, I think, um, you know, as you were talking, one of the things that really stood out to me, and we haven't really addressed uh, in this podcast, I don't think, uh, in our previous episodes, is the Great Commission actually mm. inspires you into the mission of God, right? When someone else reaches out to you and helps you see the light and see transformation in your own life, that work of God's Great Commission in your life actually drives you on a mission now to say, hey, if I experience this, then I need to tell somebody else. And, and so right. you're not even like, it's not like, you know, this mission from heaven and you open it and you say, yes, I'm going to do this. That's and right. You know, it, it's more like a, an instant response to what you've experienced and the desire that That's others right. will also experience the same. That's right. And it's a natural response. See, if, if you... But, but, but see, yeah. the, the issue is though that I think people struggle with that because some people say, well... I, is it a natural response? Like, hmm. you know, why don't we see that more today then if it's a natural response? I don't know. I don't want to get too scientific about this, <laughs> but can you break it down a little bit? What what is what are the elements of that natural response, would you say? What are the parts of it? What what makes up that response? Is it you said passion, that's yeah. one, but what else is there? See, I another thing is this, it's um identity. One of the things that most people struggle with is who they are. And, um, you know, especially coming from different backgrounds, different situations in life, we we don't know who we are, especially even when we come to God. Uh, we, we, we still don't connect with Him at that level. And so we still connect with the natural sense. And so we, we don't know fully to some extent, who we are as as believers, who we are as a child of God, who we are as a son or a daughter of the Most High God. And so when we don't know our identity, um, we, we, we look everywhere else right. to, to fill that need, that desire to be fulfilled in life. And so when we're not fulfilled and we're looking everywhere else but God, and so what happens is, you know, we, we tend to look, to others in high positions or in in leadership to give us that affirmation that hey you are called by God right. you are good you know God's going to use you and we we live on that thrive of somebody else telling us hey God has called you but we lose the understanding that hey hold on a second i need to know not from others but from God and who I am in God and when we come to that conclusion hey we are God's children and that we are his child and that we have the right and authority in his name and to do what we are called to do and we seek the purpose from him and not from people uh, then we we get a, a clear direction of where to go and and we're able to follow those breadcrumbs because sometimes it's hard to follow breadcrumbs because you know it's it's so little you don't know if that's going to lead you the right way sometimes uh, and because we're listening to people you know we're sometimes thinking okay are they telling us the right thing right, right? 
So for our listeners out there who maybe are in that place where they're, you know, not sure, they're following the breadcrumbs, you mentioned two things, passion and identity. Can you give practical ways for how they can grow in their identity in Christ and how they can remain passionate even when things don't look clear? Sure. Um, sometimes in our lives, um, you know, we get too comfortable. We get too comfortable in our, you know, our setting, whether it be a job or whether it be school, whether it be family or, you know, you have money, whatever it is. We get comfortable in our lifestyle um, and we, we don't pursue what God has really put within us. Right. And so one of the things that I would say initially to pursue passion is to step out of your comfort zone. Step out of the zone where you feel like, uh, you know, most people, listen, most people don't ever get into the fulfillment of what God wants in their lives because they're too comfortable. Right. And so if you want to live a life pleasing to God and to pursue what God's vision and God's purpose and will for your life, get out of that zone that you're in. Because that zone is what's keeping you away from God's plan. And then so if you would, you know, if you would get out of that zone and trust God enough to, uh, you know, lead your path, lead your steps, uh, then I would, you know, number one thing is get out of that comfort zone and get into those zone where you have to have a little bit more faith to be able to do what God has called you to do. Because God won't give you, I would, actually I wouldn't say God won't give you, but uh, God usually tests us. And the way he tests us is usually outside of that zone. And if you're within that zone, it's um, you're comfortable and you're not actually moving forward. You know, uh, I think that's powerful. That's a powerful key. And we're uh, running out of time. And I want to get to how you're helping people discover God's call for their life today. But before that, I know you took a personal decision and I was part of that journey with mm-hmm. you when um, just over a year ago, you had to step away from your secular job, which you knew you were not necessarily called to, but that's what paid your bills. You know, you have family, you have kids, you get to pay your bills. And then you took a step of faith. And, you know, if you look back, uh, what, just over a two years now, actually, um, it's incredible to think this is where you would be today. Who would have thought that that's possible, right? That's right. Uh, but, what, but at that moment, what was the challenge and how did you overcome those challenges in order to take that step of faith? I'm not talking about the practical things that happen along the way. That's fine. But, but emotionally and spiritually, how did you do that? Because, Pastor I believe that there are a lot of people who are like you. You know, I have many churches that are looking for mm-hmm. youth pastors, associate pastors, and you talk to the Bible college. There's not a lot of young people that are stepping out. There's That's a right. lot of people in Bible college, but they're all part-time students. That's right. They're just like, I want to work, and I want to learn a little bit of the Bible. That's right. Uh, but how did you navigate that? See, um, at the time that um, that you know I had done this, uh, I was thirty-one, and uh, I looked at that, and you know we've had conversations, many conversations, uh, Pastor Fenu about this. Is uh, I looked at myself and I'm saying, you know what? I knew I was called by God. I knew that you know I had to get into the ministry, and this is what I was called to, and all of that. And a lot of a lot of people out there have that same desire to be in ministry, to to serve God, uh, but how do you practically do it, like the actual practical aspect of it? And then how do you really wrap that thought of, you know, trusting God fully with uh, with everything, right? 
you know, the, the main thing is this. At the end of the day, it comes down to this, finances, right? And, uh, you know, looking after the family and all the bills you got to pay and all of those things. And then you, you look at, hey, how am I going to be able to get into ministry if I can't support my family or if I can't, you know, pay my bills and all of that. Um, so when I came, when we, when we talked in uh, 2014, uh, you know, midsummer. We we discussed you know what we wanted to do and all of that, and I had to come to a conclusion in my mind that at the age of thirty one, if I'm going to pursue ministry at this age, right, uh, is either I do it now or I let this ship sail and forget about it and be a good Christian, go to church, pay my tithes, do you know, sing a couple of songs, clap my hands, and just live. And I thought about that. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. But most people settle for that because it's comfortable. Because it's beyond their control, right? And I had to come to a point of lifting up my, my faith level to say, hey, God can provide, that God could do this. If God called me and I step out in faith, that God would send that uh, rescue boat. Or if I jump over that cliff and say, I'm going to trust God that he will provide that parachute for me. And so I had to come to a point in my heart saying, if I'm called, and I know with my heart that God has called me to this, then all I have to do is jump and allow Him to be who He is and provide for my family. And and so, in my own heart, um, I had to deal and battle with uh, the sacrifice of saying, "Hey, I'm not here living for the world. I'm not here living for uh, you know the paycheck that I need to live." And so, turning and changing my view of survival to to um, mission, to purpose, right? And so that's where most people battle their, in their minds is either they live the mission of God or the survival of their life. And that's one thing for you to come to that place, but you had a wife and you, well, you have a wife and you have kids. Yeah. How, did you, how did you navigate that with, well, for sure your wife, your kids were younger, but your wife, how did, how did that work? Because I think a lot of people, sometimes they're willing to jump but if they jump, others have to jump with them. That's right. And they're not sure how to communicate that or maybe those individuals. Maybe the person listening right now is not the person who's primarily going to jump. Is the person who has to jump with somebody else. <laughs> right. What would you say to right. them? Because what, how did you help uh, your wife navigate through right. that? Um, see, in terms of um, you know, bringing my wife along this path uh, is not just... See, I, wouldn't re- I will rephrase that actually. Sometimes we segregate our lives. Say, hey, I'm the pastor. I'm the minister. I'm the one that is going to go in full time minister, and you are going to you're going to come help along. Uh, that type of mentality actually makes it harder for for ministry to actually take place. And so, you know, what me and my wife had talked about, and you know, this is where we kind of build our foundations in our life, life and marriage, is that it's not just me that is being called. It's that it's both of us that are called to the work of the ministry, even though maybe I'm the one that is maybe up front and center in, in a meeting or, you know, in a church or whatever it is. But she's she has that role of 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 being that that minister's wife or the minister itself in order to come alongside and, and build the faith. Right. And and so number one thing is you got to know you're called that God has called you to this. Secondly, knowing that your your partner, your wife or your husband uh, is on the same page in ministry saying, hey, yes, we are called. Not you are called, but we are called as one to do this. And so that makes it easier uh, if the partner is 
his his or her view is that I'm a part of this journey, not just a tag along in the journey. And that because I'm a part of it as well, that God will provide our needs. That's right. Not just That's the right. individual need. Um, so in closing, uh, Pastor Sage, how are you today as a pastor? You're doing a lot of outreach in your community where your church is located in Toronto. How are you um, helping um, others discover God's mission for their life? Um the the greatest impact that you can have on anybody's life is um, guiding their steps and leading uh, for them, leading by example, leading by direction, um, either be whether whether it be mentorship, spending time with them and investing in them, investing. See if if I had somebody at the age of twenty one. When you know, when I first started the the campus ministry in the universities, to guide me, say, hey, do this or do that, or you know, kind of steered my my walk. I probably would have gone a little further in life at that time in ministry uh, because I had some sort of guidance or support, or uh, you know, maybe I could you know go around some mistakes that I've maybe made. Um, and so, what I do now is I invest my time. I, might, I invest my time in the next generation of leaders because they're the ones that are going to take the next wave of God's power and, and spirit to, to this world. And so if we don't invest our time and our energy and our, and our resources to, to invest in these young people, then the church is at a, at a state where they're going to lose uh, the world. Right. Amen. I, and I think uh, I completely agree. And I think uh, this is something that I think as uh, the church in general, uh, we've missed out on mm-hmm. is that every generation and, you know, I wonder what generation means. Does it mean you have to get to 40 or 50? I don't think so. I think it's basically whatever decade you're in, go back to the previous decade. So That's if you're right. in your 30s, go back to your people in their 20s. If you're in your 20s, go back to the teens, you know? Just keep raising up the next generation, the next group of people that are coming behind you Mm -hmm. about a decade, about 10 or so years behind you so that they're being developed and groomed for what God has for their life. That's right. And one of the things that we do as a church uh, is a lot of community engagement, Mm. right? Uh, Because there are so many young people out there Right, there are so many people out there in our communities, right around us, right on the next block, right that that never heard the message of the gospel. Right, you know, they they may know of Jesus because you know there's a church down the road, but to experience God, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I was 17 years old and I grew up right in Toronto, and I didn't step into a church until the age of 17. Wow. And so, you know, we get out into the community to, to touch those lives uh, by doing different activities and, and programs to help impact those young people there. And so that's, that's what we do. Awesome. I think that's incredible. And uh, I know that God's doing some great things at, uh, at your church already. You've been, you've been there almost a year now. In a couple of yeah, months, almost, it'll be yeah. a, a year. Um, and the church is called The Church on the Rock. And what's your website again? So that people people can check on the com. People on the rock on the rock dot com. So check that uh, website out. Um, I know they're doing some great things there in the city of Toronto. If you're in the area, you can always check them out or connect with Pastor Sage. I think he's a great uh, next generation leader in the city of Toronto. And I think uh, he's really investing into uh, other young people. And uh, I believe, uh, Pastor Sage, uh, in closing, that God is raising up an army of young people. And I really believe that. And I believe a new generation, a new wave is coming. And um, and as we fulfill God's mission for our lives uh, and we help others discover 
discover their mission. Uh, I think that's where the strength is in unity and in working together and developing the next generation of leaders. So thank you for being on Mission Connect podcast. We appreciate you so much and thank God for your life and your ministry. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Love to be here. You know, I think passion and identity is so important. Those two areas. And, you know, I know Pastor Sajanth. I went to church with him. I've worked with him. And he is still as passionate today. And it's an incredible thing to see when we continue that passion in our life, that passion for God, that pursuit of God and what he does. Well, listen, I, I think that's absolutely true. And this is part of the whole Mission Connect podcast, really. It's it's discovering your identity in Christ and being passionate about what God's called you to do. And when you do that, that's when you actually move into your mission. Like I said uh, at the beginning of this podcast, that a lot of times, it really, it's when you look in the rearview mirror that you realize you are fulfilling God's mission. And this is what God has called you to do. And so uh, what a great podcast. What a great uh, uh, time we've had. And I hope this has been inspirational to all of our listeners. Uh, remember, you can uh, visit our website at www.passiontoreach.com. Uh, also, email us if you have any questions maybe about this podcast or you want more information about Pastor Sajan and his church. Uh, just email us at info at passiontoreach.com. Uh, also, uh, check out our social media on Facebook and Twitter. And please remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and share on your social media channels so many others can be inspired to connect with God's mission for their life. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Mission Connect. Join us next week. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.